Now remember, you're only supposed to listen to Phoenix FM if you want film reviews. So it's Saturday and it's that time again where we welcome the wonderful Mr. Mark Searby to the studio. Hello, sir. Hello. I love it when you say wonderful. It sounds amazing. Nobody's ever called me that before. Well, you know, there's a, a number of, of words I could use, isn't there? But we'll go with one. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine some of them we can't repeat on air. So it's fine. <laughs> Amazing. Stunning. Oh, OK. Those, those words. Those, all it. of those words. Thank How you. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm OK. I'm OK. I'm not too bad at all. Thank you. Are you well? Yes, I am. Busy week. And, mm. um, you know, it's uh, I'm doing the very British thing where we're loving the summer, but I'm moaning about it every day. Like... <laughs> Like we do is again, it's too hot, but it's like you know. But of course, this week we had the longest day, didn't we? So it's now starting <laughs> scarily. The nights will start to very slowly draw in. I know, which is, uh, I know that's which the is, thing, which is just bonkers, isn't it? It's yeah. mad, yeah. But never mind. So, what delights await us today, sir? Well, in cinemas this week, uh, we've got a new Wes Anderson movie. So, I was going to ask you. Are you a Wes Anderson fan? Have you seen his other movies? You know, like Rushmore, The Life Aquatic, Steve Zizou, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Isle of Dogs, and many more. Um, I'll be honest, I've seen a couple. Don't know too much about it. I know it's very much an individual style and a Mm. real different way of filming. Um, And I think this film that we're going to be talking about now very much leans into that. But um, I I think very, very different and very fresh you're, my take on it but um, yes yes yeah. you are absolutely right there wes anderson the writer director of asteroid city which is what we're reviewing has got a certain look and feel to his films i mean if people have never seen a wes anderson movie it can be difficult to describe i think um you know you've got bright colors but that are slightly uh sepia toned down i guess you could say then you've got characters that are a bit flighty or a bit skittishly like intellectual as well. So I think, as you were saying there, Spencer, Wes Anderson is a unique voice in movie making. Absolutely. And this is his new film, Asteroid City. It's about world changing events that spectacularly disrupt the itinerary of a junior stargazer slash space cadet convention in an American desert town circa 1955. So we were talking about Wes Anderson, trying to describe his movies. Uh, If you've seen a Wes Anderson movie, you'll know all about it. If you haven't, it's difficult. This is the most Wes Anderson we're we're possibly ever going to get. Like this is Wes Anderson times infinity, basically. Um, It's so much Wes Anderson. It's unbelievable. It's kind of like... Is it too much or...? That's a good question. I kind of think it is, to be honest. I really do. And I... I, I like some Wes Anderson movies or I hate some Wes Anderson. You know, I like him or I hate him. There's no in between for me, really. And with this, I think it's desperately trying to break through the fourth wall and become a play because there is a play within this film, but it's desperately wanting to be a play. I think it's very in your face, but in a rather strange and slightly delicate way because of the characters and because of the colour palette that the film has. And also the amount of characters that are in this movie is astronomical. I mean, I was overwhelmed. There's too many central characters, to be honest with you. I mean, have you seen the poster for this at all, Spencer? Yeah, and and that looks busy enough rather than (laughs) seeing the film. It's just... Yeah, there's all sorts going on there, and it kind of um, it hooks you in, but it looks crazy. 
Yeah, there's on that poster has got 21 actors' names on that poster. 21. That's a lot. And in this movie, each of them are jostling for a position in the film. And I found it quite messy when it came to who should be running the whole film as the lead. You know, the idea is there that we have this main character, Augie Steenbeck. But then later on, it feels like his son is meant to be forced into the central role. And then somebody else is meant to be forced into it. And then somebody else. But it's not as though Wes Anderson changes the narrative focus either. It's just moving between each character, kind of like a chessboard, really, before he settles on one of them being the focal point. But then he kind of decides, oh, that's not quite right. And it moves on to somebody else. I just thought it was weirdly chaotic as to who are we focusing on here? Who are we meant to be going? That's the lead. So it's a bit of a struggle with that. The stargazer space cadet convention bit i say bit because it's not all the way through the film is actually half interesting i thought it was actually quite good fun i mean i've been to quite a few conventions myself and i thought it was fun it was entertaining it was typical of a kind of a convention as well but then wes anderson starts throwing in other storylines and it loses focus on what it's meant you know what's meant to be the main bit of the whole movie so it's disjointed but not in a good way it, i think it's quite sloppy and it's really badly edited i was i was just thinking how can you edit something like this it's it's choppy and changey and i just found it a real struggle to follow the main story i mean i know Wes Anderson has done this in the past with previous films, but this is way off the Wes Anderson scale. As I said, it's the most Wes Anderson you will ever see on movie. I just found it bordering on incoherent. I, I, I can't even pick out great acting because most of the cast are quite stilted and the, the, the way that they deliver lines in, in a very monotone way as well. It, it's quite infuriating and, and a little bit painful to listen to as well. So, is it a case of trying of trying to be too clever? I don't know if you could describe Wes Anderson's movies as being too clever. You could describe them as being very different and trying yeah. to be unique, but I'm not sure about clever. That's the thing. There's, you know, I'm I'm sure it's great acting in a Wes Anderson movie. Like all of the actors in here, I'm sure we're having a brilliant time on set. Watching it is something completely different. I, as I said, I either love Wes Anderson movies or I hate them. And for a long time watching this movie, I'm sat there and I'm thinking, I don't know which way I'm going to land on this. Because it was, as I said, there were some bits where I was like, I kind of like that. Are they going to expand on it? No, they're going to change it. Right. Okay. What are we focusing on now? And it took me a long time. And then when I eventually came away, I just thought, you know what? This is not very good at all. And in actual fact, it's quite boring. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what? Just a very, very funny story. It just came to me while you were talking. So a couple of years ago, I was at um, an industry event. I was fortunate enough to go to an industry event at BAFTA, and it was kind of like a drinks reception. And, you know, in those sort of scenarios, you're standing around with one or two people you don't know, and you're just kind of making general conversation about film or TV. And... Um, somebody said, oh, you know, what do you think of Wes Anderson? And they're just like, you know, I said, well, you know, limited knowledge, but just thought, and he said, I absolutely loved for me, standout film, you know, when he did Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> it was just the best. And, and I was, and I, it took me a moment to think, 
that wasn't that was Wes Craven. And you know, <laughs> you, you, you know, you get that really awkward scenario. Do I say something? Do I not? And in the end, I didn't. I just nodded and just thought, <laughs> and I kind of excused myself for the conversation at a, a polite moment to do so. But it was very funny. Very Too many Weses, basically. Yes, Too many exactly. Weses. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Fantastic. Well, I imagine. Um, if that person goes to see Asteroid City, they'll be severely disappointed that there is no uh, Freddy Krueger. And rightly so. <laughs> rightly so. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Thank you. Right. Next cab off the rank. What do we have? Uh, so on, uh, well, in select cinemas and on digital uh, download is Stars at Noon. And this is about a young American journalist who's stranded in present day Nicaragua, who falls for an enigmatic Englishman who seems like her best chance of escape. She soon realises, however, that he may be in even greater danger than she is. Now, got to mention this early on, actually, Spencer, is that this film deals with the COVID-19 pandemic in a very interesting way. Because the whole reason why Trish, who's the American journalist in this, is trying to leave Nicaragua is because of the pandemic. It's in full swing, basically. It's 2000. And we, we see her, uh, sorry, 2000, uh, 2020. We see her traveling around the city in a face mask. She's trying to speak to people, but nobody will go near her. And even when she attempts to go into the bank, they're all observing social distancing and wearing face masks. Now, I bring these bits up because while the film isn't about the pandemic itself, it is there lurking in the foreground and it is making conscious and unconscious decisions for Trish at every turn. So I kind of thought that's an interesting use of the pandemic of a, as a tool in a story, but without it actually being about the pandemic itself. So I wanted to mention that because I know many people are not interested in watching movies about the pandemic. You know, we all, we've all just lived through it. Um, we don't some of us don't need to go back to it at all so it is there but it's not it's not being you know it's not the main story that's the thing so what you've got instead is you've got a film that is hazy and sweat inducing and it is this look of look at the life of a journalist who can't get arrested for what she's supposedly been meant to be doing so Trish is She's loud-mouthed, and she is foul-mouthed at times. I found it a real struggle to like her, but I think that's part of the point with the character is that you don't like her, but you sympathise with her situation. But then that situation disappears when she meets the very handsome Dr Daniel Dehaven, and the film changes into this weird romance where they're in lust straight away, but then they soon discover that lust only takes you so far, and then suddenly egos come into play and that's when the film changes again into like this woozy hazy thriller and that's when I was like oh th the film sort of falls apart a bit there for me I you know you take two interesting but not entirely on the level people put them into a romance and then into a mystery and that mystery element was was kind of just them running around Nicaragua trying to find a way out but also not trying enough because they are so obsessed with each other. So it's all a little bit messy without any real interest in that final third when it becomes this mystery, which is a shame because what goes before it, the first hour, is quite interesting because it is a romance. It's set during, obviously, the pandemic as well. So I found some of it, I found the majority of it quite interesting, but then it sort of, it kind of falls apart towards the end. 
Um, did you find you did you find you invested in it and then it sort of just tailed off and you kind of lost interest or it's I don't think it's just a, a case of it tailing off. I think when it flips, when it changes and you, and you can feel it change, suddenly the interest in those two central characters changes and it it's not the best change either. That's the problem. You're watching it, you're going, Well, I'm invested in these characters, and then they change and you go, Well. They're nowhere near as interesting now as what they were doing before. And yet, actually, what they're trying to do should be more interesting because, you know, they're, they're running around trying to get out of Nicaragua, trying to get back to um, another country, basically. I was sort of viewing this as a kind of updated version of Oliver Stone's amazing, amazing drama, Salvador, really, because there are a lot of similarities between that movie and this one. But then when, as I said, with this film, when it changes into a mystery, I think it loses an element of interest in the characters and in the story itself. So, I I mean, it desperately wants to be a cat and mouse thriller in that final section, but I don't think it gets anywhere close to being as interesting as it should be, which is unfortunate because, as I said, what goes before it, the romance and the drama in the first hour is actually quite interesting. So, it, it's one of those films that just doesn't quite stick to landing, unfortunately. So would, would it be unfair to say that it's not a must-see, but it's a what's on, oh, let's try this type of film? I, I think you have to be in the mood to watch it because yeah. this yeah. is this is written and directed by Claire Denis, who does not make easy movies. You know, she is, much like Wes Anderson, actually, she is a singular voice in filmmaking, and it is tough to get into her movies, but I'm always fascinated by what she does. So... It is one of those movies that if you've got an interest in it or if you think that kind of sounds interesting, like, you know, I would be interested in it, then you will probably find that you will end up watching it um, and you'll come away with some some thoughts on it, certainly. But it is not one of those. Let's just sit on the sofa and idly put something on. It's not. This has got a lot of things to say about it. Also, just going to mention quickly, uh, Margaret Quayley, who plays Trish in this fantastic i mean really good I, i've seen her in a couple of things a few years ago she was in once upon a time in hollywood actually um opposite brad pitt she was good in that she's very good in this and i hope based off this and a few other bits that i've seen her in she starts to you know go up through the ranks in terms of you know the hollywood levels and, and we start to see her in some big big movies because while this is a small movie she's actually very very good in this yeah, I'm going to be honest, I don't really know much about her, so I'm going to check her out. So, um, well, it sounds, yeah, I mean, it's one of those films. I think it's, um, I will check it out. But, um, yeah, I am I know what I'm like with films. And I think unless it grabs me right from the start and, and gets me invested, then I will struggle with it, I think. See, bit, that's, but... yeah, you see, that's the issue with something is if it doesn't get you from the initial, you, you, you do think yeah. this is a bit of a slog. This is a real slog. Um, yeah. So sometimes you can watch those movies and go, it's too much. It's too much. Oh, thank you. That sounds great, Mark. Thank you. And final cab off the rank. What are we looking forward to for our third choice, Mr. C? Well, on DVD and Blu-ray, we've got Pearl, which is set in 1918, about a young woman who's on the brink of madness, but she pursues stardom in a desperate attempt to escape the drudgery, isolation and lovelessness of life on her parents' farm. How are you with horror films, Spencer? I'm all right. I'm I'm more um I'm never bothered by gore and okay. blood. Though though I do, even I have my limits with certain things. So <laughs> I, if 
if you hark back to things like the Saw franchise and all mm-hmm. that, I found them a little bit too much. Yeah. But um, but for horror films to me, it's the so my all-time favorite horror film um is is Halloween because it's the it's the scare element, the fear element, the builds. Um so I'm I love my horror, but I'm one of these people I love it, but I also hate it. Does that make sense? It's kind <laughs> of I, I watch it, but I don't like it. you know, when I went to see uh, the final Halloween um film at the cinema we plan to go and see it and i was it was ridiculous because i was saying to myself you're anxious about going to see a film and i and i and i've made the choice to go and see it that's the crazy <laughs> thing but but i would have been disappointed if i hadn't gone to see it if that makes sense so mm. um i love my horrors but i have my limits yeah sure that's fine that's understood. just so we know where we are on the level in terms of what i'm about to tell you basically so pearl is a prequel to the horror film X. Now, both of them were filmed back-to-back by director Ty West. I'm a big Ty West fan. I think he's made some absolutely brilliant movies. Um, He knew he wanted Pearl's backstory to be told and basically convinced the studio to let him go straight into making this film after finishing X. So if you haven't seen X, then you will need to see it before this film. And Yeah, no, I haven't. It's great. It's really good. It's really oh, good. Check it out. Yeah, it's um, it's fantastic. It's well worth seeing. This one, compared to X, is less grungy. It's less gritty. It's more colourful and happy, which I know sounds weird for a horror movie, um, but I, I guess that's the surface of this movie. Underneath it, it's just as dark and disturbing as X, if not more so because you're lured into Pearl's life and you're hoping for the best for her when, I mean, she falls for this local projectionist and you hope they're going to end up in a nice place. Of course, you know, this is a horror movie, so it's not going to go to plan. And it's just another one of events in Pearl's life that sets her madness off. The other is her mother, who is a German living in America during the First World War. I mean, she is absolutely terrifying and is an incredibly strict woman. And you can see why Pearl starts to develop as a woman the way she does in this movie. Um, so, so this is a prequel that very much gives you a bigger picture as to why Pearl is like she is in X. So when you see her in X, there's no background to her at all. She just turns up. This, we get it. The great thing about it is that it is a fully rounded picture of this young girl. We see absolutely everything, warts and all, so we can then fully appreciate her descent into madness. You know, it's a movie that only gets dark, figuratively, the more it plays out. I mean, Pearl's mindset isn't the best when we meet her anyway. Um, I mean, she skips through fields like Julie Andrews in The Sound of Music, only for her to end up at the finale like Norman Bates in Psycho. And I know, well, (laughs) that's the thing, like, you know, for us horror fans, that's great. It sounds a slightly bizarre path for a character to take. But trust me, when I say that this film is playing up to and riffing on both of those movies and more, it's kind of like, I guess it's like Frankenstein's monster of those lavish epics of cinema's technical years, you know, like, so the stuff, you know, I keep saying, you know, sound of music and all of those musical type things, but then combine that with the nasty late seventies, early eighties slasher flicks. And that's what you get with this. And somehow it works and you go, I I don't know why I'm enjoying the bright colors, but I'm also enjoying, if you're a horror fan, obviously I'm enjoying the blood and guts as well. So as a huge horror fan, I love this film. I have to say, I think it's actually better than X, even though I just said to you, Spencer, it's great. You've got to see it. 
So to have a prequel that is better than it's, you know, the, the follow on, basically, I think is something special. But then, you know, this is Ty West and he's always made interesting and slightly different horror films. This is a really good movie. I'm really pleased to hear there's going to be another film. So it's going to be made into a trilogy. Now, that film is going to be called Maxine with three X's, basically. Um, and that's going to be a sequel to X. So you're going to have Pearl, the prequel, X, the main movie, and then you're going to have Maxine, which is the sequel. And my question, I guess, is could this be a horror trilogy where every single film is excellent? And I hope it is. I really hope it is because based on X and based on Pearl, we are two thirds of the way there. Can I, so can you get X on all streaming channels? So X is available on digital download. I haven't seen it on, you know, Netflix or uh, um, the, the other ones, but I, I think you can probably, you know, digital download of it certainly. And it is on DVD and Blu-ray as well. Um, so yeah, see that. And then go back to Pearl. Completely different looks, but the same feeling you will get, which is, oh, this is a cracking horror movie. I think I'm going to check that out the weekend. Thank you. So, that's uh, you know what I'm really liking about these film reviews uh, is that there's always something different thrown into the mix, isn't there? It's never kind of, you know, it's all different types of genres and stuff. And we're getting some really good feedback from people listening in. So, thank you, Mark. We really appreciate it. Um, what's coming up? What can we expect next week? Well, you saying about, you know, eclectic mixes of, of movies that we review. Check this like out. we're lining this up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Look, you know, some yeah. people say we just throw this show together. We really don't, do we, Spencer? You know, we're, we're planning and that's the thing. So next week we are going to be talking about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yes, he is back for a fifth outing. The doctor. Which I know, I, I, I'm not giving away any secrets. I know you did go and see the press screening, didn't you? I did, yes. I mean, we'll talk about it next week, but yes, I have yeah, already seen it. I'm not going to mention it. it, yes. Yes, I have already seen it. So it's, you know, and by the time we review it, I may go again, actually, because the other half hasn't seen it. So I may have to go again. So we'll be talking Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Then a complete opposite. We're going to do a documentary about a bookstore that is in America, small independent bookstore. It's called Hello bookstore which is which is the best title ever but it's about a bookstore and then as a podcast extra for those who listen to the podcast um we're going to be reviewing one of my favorite films of 2023 so far it is marcel the shell with shoes on uh, well <laughs> we see. said yeah. We said eclectic. We said eclectic. We, we really did. The thing was, I paused there just to see what you were going to say about that title. That is the genuine title, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. It's on DVD and Blu-ray next week. So we're going to talk about that. I've already seen it at the cinema. I'm going to rewatch it again just to see how it stands <laughs> up. I stopped my... I, I was about to speak when you said that and I stopped myself thinking, no, what am I going to say? I didn't... <laughs> I didn't <laughs> that, well, um, we shall. Yeah, that sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. So we look forward to it. So listen, you have a great week. And uh, we will thank you so much for today. And we will see you next week. Will do. Thanks, Spencer. You take care. You want movies? These two are in my circle of trust. We got movie reviews on Phoenix FM. That's right.